When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to More Than Amused Podcast, a podcast all about women and the arts, hosted by Stani and Sadie. Join us as we explore what it's like being a female artist, examine modern day problems, and educate ourselves and you on important and forgotten female artists of the past. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another week with More Than Amused. My name is Sadie. And I'm Stani. And thanks for being here, everyone. I'm really excited about this episode, actually. I know. Me too. We get to talk about Betty White. Which, I mean, I've always known that she's an icon, but like you texted me and you're like, I realized I know nothing about her life, actually. So it felt like a very appropriate time to do that, to learn more about her. And it was really cool doing so. Well, even like looking at the timeline of things, we were kind of born right during like her little brief break in like Mm. show business. And so she wasn't appearing in, like, everything, like, she had been. And then she, like, came back. But, like, I feel like I always knew her as, like, the funny old woman that all of the parents and grandparents had seen and stuff. And so she was, Mm -hmm. like, a funny cameo. But it wasn't the same as, like, a lot of other legacy actors, like Tom Hanks or something, where we were still seeing them and things continually. Yes, totally. Mm -hmm. Yeah, even though she has, like, the longest running career so long (laughs) it's ridiculous like she never retired ever which is amazing I know it's incredible so yeah it was really fun to learn about her I kind of think of these as like our like our legacy episodes yeah we like turn a person into a topic instead of having one of us cover them because there's just too much like Mm -hmm. Taylor Swift and Britney Spears and now Betty White. Like, I feel like it's just very fitting because it's like, it's too much for one person. (laughs) Contemporary. So we have a lot more information than like the random things from history that people have maintained. Exactly. But it makes it really fun to like learn about these people that are such a major part of like American zeitgeist. And yet like, I don't know anything about their childhood. I know. Well, that's what like, I've been seeing like little snippets of Like people sharing things that are like Betty White divorced a man who didn't believe in her dreams. Mm -hmm. Like what's stopping you? Or like Betty White was an advocate for all these things, even though she was, you know, quote unquote old and it wasn't a part of her time. So like, what's like, what's everyone else's excuse? And I'm just like, wait, really? Yeah. How did I not know any of this? So I'm seriously talk about it. Plus she says like some of the funniest things. Like, mm-hmm. I tried to insert in a bunch of her quotes where I could, but, like, there is so much more, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> With, like, a 90-year-long career, yeah. she pretty much had so many jokes and other things she said over her lifetime that are definitely worth looking up. So, And, of course, her book that we obviously didn't have time to read. We weren't planning on doing this episode until she passed away. Then it mm-hmm. kind of sparked a lot of inspiration for it but like she also does have a book I think a couple of them but specifically a memoir that you could yeah which I feel like would be very good I have a couple like little clips from her memoir so I'm excited to check that out 
Well, should we jump in and do it? Let's do it. Sadie's going to talk about the first 50 years, and then I'm going to talk about the last 50. So, Which is insane. <laughs> yeah. Just objectively, <laughs> that, like, that is a long time to be alive. <laughs> I know. Though technically, I guess mine is like 49 and a couple of weeks short of exactly 50 but I think thank you for being technical about that (laughs) just if anyone's like wait a second she didn't actually make it to 100 she pretty much did (laughs) okay well let me dive in so Betty Marion White was born on January 17th 1922 1922 which like of course is like 100 years ago but that is a long time ago (laughs) Yeah, that is. But she was born in Oak Park, Illinois, and she was the only child of Horace and Tess White. Her father was an electrical engineer and her mom was just a homemaker. Well, not just a homemaker, but you know what I mean. So when she was a toddler, the family moved to Los Angeles where she grew up and they moved there during the Great Depression. And like reading that, I was like, oh my gosh, when you're alive for a hundred years, like that's insane. Like she obviously probably doesn't remember the Great Depression, but yeah. she was alive during the Great Depression, yeah, which is just insane. Yeah, definitely was. That's crazy. Like I said, she, they moved to Los Angeles, and she went to Beverly Hills High School, um, from which she graduated in 1939. And while she was there is kind of when her interest in acting sparked. She appeared in several student productions, and she also got into writing in this time, and she wrote her class's graduation play in which she had the lead role. That's awesome. I know. Also, didn't like a ton of famous people graduate from Beverly Hills High School? I mean, obviously, because it's like in Beverly Hills. Really? That makes sense. I wonder. I don't like, know. I, feel I have like no idea. I've heard a lot about that. Yeah. No, I, I have no idea. But yeah, I feel like also, too, I love that she's like wrote her own show. <laughs> wrote cast herself as the part. star. <laughs> but I guess like if you're writing it you get that right yeah definitely (laughs) so three months after her high school graduation she and a classmate sang songs from the merry widow on an experimental television show as like the medium of television itself was like still kind of a new thing what like that's just crazy and then at this time she found just work modeling sounds like she just kind of was doing very basic acting things Mm -hmm. but then world war ii happens a couple years or like right when she, around when she graduated. During World War II, she served in the American Women's Voluntary Services and drove a PX truck delivering soap, toothpaste, and candy to soldiers that were manning the gun emplacements the government had established in the hills of Santa Monica and Hollywood. So she was very, I guess, active in the wars, I guess as much as she could be, but as she could yeah. as a woman. And then during this time, she met and married a P-38 pilot named Dick Barker. Uh, but that marriage lasted less than a year. At the end of like the brief history of her 50 years, I'm going to go into each of her marriages. Mm. So I'll, I'll go into more detail about those at the end of my little portion here. But toward the end of the war, she became involved in the Bliss Hayden Little Theater, which was run by two Hollywood character actors, Layla Bliss and Harry Hayden or Hayden. I'm not sure, but it was designed actually to give young people a chance to perform in front of an audience. And her first performance there was in Dear Ruth, which was a comedy about a girl who pretends to be her older sister. And it was seen by Lane Allen, who was an actor turned agent who encouraged Ms. White to pursue an acting career. And she and Mr. Allen were actually later married, but they also ended in divorce. Mm -hmm. So with the help of, I guess, this 
agent. I don't know if like Lane Allen took on the role as her agent, but soon after this, she started actually pursuing a radio career. Well, this is funny. So she began her radio career by saying one word on the popular comedy, The Great Gildersleeve, and the world the word was parquet, the name of the margarine sp- sponsoring the show. Oh, so it was like a bit where it's like yeah. that's the only thing she said and it was the name of the sponsor. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Isn't that funny? <laughs> that is funny. Um, <laughs> which that led to bit parts in 1940s. She was playing parts in radio staples like Blondie and This Is Your FBI. It's so, so weird to think of a time period when there were like regular shows on the radio. I know because that's like all there was. Yeah. TV wasn't an established medium yet. Like what a crazy time period where you're like you were cast in a radio show and you would like tune mm-hmm. into your show and like listen to it like a podcast pretty much. But like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Look at us reverting back to simpler times <laughs> yeah. with what we're doing here. <laughs> but I guess the scary thing is radio was probably live. So you couldn't just go cut and edit oh, it. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Luckily. I don't know, though. Maybe not. Was I, it live? It probably would have. It had to have been like radio is still live today, like the few That's morning true. talk shows that are left. So, yeah, probably. Oh, my gosh. Wow. So, yes. Yeah. So that was her role in those radio shows. But she broke into television in 1949 on a local talk show called Al Jarvis's Hollywood on, on television. And when Mr. Jarvis left the show, she succeeded him as the host of that oh, show. Cool. Also, it's funny to think they had to specify Al Jarvis's Hollywood on television. <laughs> I know, exactly. In 1952, she actually co-founded the production company Brandy Productions, which produced its first TV show that was called Life with Elizabeth a year later. And she actually played the lead character in that. The show actually won Betty her first Emmy Award, and it ran for three years. Um, and then she went on to host her own talk show, The Betty White Show, from 1952 and 1954. So in the 50s, she had, like I said, she had a couple of her own television shows. There were actually two sitcoms that she was a part of. And I think The Betty White Show was more like a variety show. Interesting tidbit that she received both praise and criticism for featuring a black tap dancer named Arthur Duncan as a regular on that variety show, which was like apparently a pretty unusual move for the time, which like makes sense, I guess, that it was unusual. It was the early 50s. But yeah, so she got criticism and of course praise for doing that depending on I guess who you were asking (laughs) that's crazy too just to think about like how much she saw the world like progress during her lifetime too that's what I was like just thinking yeah Yeah. none of the shows really lasted for too long like I said it was only like a couple years Um, but by the early 1960s she was best known as like a freelance guest and game shows were actually her specialty And so she appeared on game shows, ones that I don't even really know, but she appeared on To Tell the Truth, I've Got a Secret, The Match Game, What's My Line, and most notably, there was a game show called Password that she guest starred on. I don't know if she was like guest starring as like another host or if it was like as a contestant. I think it kind of depended on each one you know Uh like I said most notably was the game show called Password because there was a host named Alan London that she married Ludden I think oops Mm -hmm. Alan Ludden that she married in 1963 Um, and I'm sure you'll bring it up but they remained together until his death in 1981 yeah so I'm going to just give a brief 
breakdown of all of her marriages just because it's very interesting. Um, she was married to three different people and she says really funny things about them. <laughs> so her very first one, like I mentioned, was Dick Barker. I guess he was a chicken farmer from Ohio. Like I mentioned, she met him while she was a volunteer in the war efforts. This is a quote from her. I pretty much already said it, but it's more, I like it having mm -hmm. it in her voice. But she said, I drove a PX truck carrying toothpaste, soap, and candy to the various gun emplacement outlets that had been set up in the hills of Hollywood and Santa Monica. Dick, who was a military pilot at the same time, was introduced to Betty at a dance. And she said, we would dance or play games or simply talk with the young men who were so far from home. And she called this like her age of innocence. They became engaged soon after they met. After their engagement, he left the United States to fight in World War II and he, they continued their relationship long distance. They married when he returned to the United States in 1945 after the end of the war, but their marriage only lasted for four months because she realized that his chicken farm just wasn't really the life for her <laughs> and she missed her family in Los Angeles California and her career as an actor because I think I mentioned that she got more involved in that theater after the war but I know that she was still doing jobs and I think was still doing things with that theater yeah. right before the war as well this is a funny so in her interview Betty called her relationship to Dick quote, a nightmare. And she said, oh, it was a nightmare. Betty said, confessing that she and Dick only had physical chemistry with each other. And she said, I married, I married my first because we wanted to sleep together. It lasted six months and we were in bed for six months, <laughs> which I just think is funny. That's really funny. You know, that takes a level of self-awareness to <laughs> yeah. admit that. So her second husband, which was Lane Allen, which is the one that I mentioned earlier, I've been seeing like mm. all the sharing around on Instagram about. So her second husband was a talent agent named Lane Allen and the two married on November 8th, 1947 when she was 27 years old and they were married for two years until the divorce in 49. So in an interview, she revealed that they had like the Instagram shareable content has said, they divorced after she discovered that he really just wanted her, be, her to be a stay-at-home wife and a traditional family when like she had dreams of making it as an actress, which is funny because originally, like I read that he was the one who encouraged yeah. her to pursue acting. But then I think it was like, once he, they were married, he's like, wait, no, 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 no. But not my wife will yeah. do that. And then a quote from her, she said, I knew that I wasn't going to be content to just stay home. I knew that a career was very much in my future. So I decided not to have children. In those days, people didn't understand that as much as they do now. And then another quote to a different article, about that she said we had a couple of very good years but he wanted me to stop working he didn't want me to be in show business and then she later confirmed that she has no regrets ending her marriage for her career she said when you have a calling you have to follow it so i made the choice blew the marriage and i've never regretted it and then she's later joked that her first two marriages were rehearsals because at the time you didn't <laughs> sleep with the guy until you married him <laughs> so her last husband um which was Alan Ludden, who was an actor and TV show host. Like I said, they were married in 1963 and they were married for almost 18 years. Um, but then he died in 1981 from stomach cancer. They met on the game show Password, which Alan was the host of and Betty was actually a contestant on. And some, there's just some really cute quotes about this relationship. Betty said, like, we felt like we knew each other. Apparently within weeks of their relationship, he proposed to Betty just as a joke, but she didn't want to marry again. And okay, this is 
this is so cute. So she says, but he wouldn't let up. When Betty refused his diamond ring, Alan wore it on a chain around his neck. On Easter 1963, she finally accepted his proposal after two years of dating. And then the quote is, he sent me this adorable, fluffy, white stuffed bunny and its ears were gold leaves with ruby diamond and sapphire earrings. And then she later on saying, I wasted all that time when we could have been together, kind of like referring to their proposals. There was like another interview where she revealed why she decided to accept his proposal despite her resistance to being married again and she said i i just wasn't about to take another chance she said but then i thought am i going to live the rest of my life without this man and thank goodness we got married when we did and then about him she said he was the most genuine man i've ever known i first fell in love with his enthusiasm he was interested in everything oh yeah and then in 1988 i don't know if you'll mention this so sorry that You're i'm skipping good. ahead, ahead. but yeah. it's relevant to the marriage mm-hmm. but i thought this was so cute so in 1988 seven years after her husband's death betty received a star on the hollywood walk of fame besides his and she said i cannot express what this means to me don't be surprised if in the wee hours of the morning our stars are fooling around <laughs> and then her personal assistant said that she kept she keeps a photo of him on her bedside table and blows him a kiss every morning at night when she opens the shutters she blows a kiss to him up in the sky i just think that's so nice and then in 2011 she had an interview with anderson cooper and he i'm assuming he asked like why she never remarried after his death and she said this is so cute i had the love of my life and if you had the best who needs the rest so sweet so she found her perfect match Mm-hmm. after two failed marriages that she has very funny commentary on, especially that first one. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I love, like, I don't know, she, you can tell she just adored him. Like, there are so many mm-hmm. quotes about, like, how much she just loved him and, like, what their marriage and everything meant to her. And there's been, like, some memorials from his children that she ended up, I think they were old enough that she didn't really, like, raise them. Yeah, but I think so. Obviously, with how long she lived, she was I mean, like, like they were, yeah, I think they had yeah. like 18, 20 years together. So mm-hmm. they're obviously a big part of their lives. He had three kids from a previous marriage and she definitely mm-hmm. played a role in their life as well. But kind of rewinding a little back to the 1970s. Yes. And this is like right after she got married to Alan. Alan Lynn, Alan, right? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, this is right after she got married to him. So she actually was cast in a very popular show at the time called The Mary Tyler Moore Show in 1973. And she did quite a few appearances in the fourth season of that show. Um, She played like a very man-hungry character (laughs) named Sue Nivens. She actually talked a lot about how she had kind of a hard time playing the character because um, it was like an icky sweet character is what she said um it was the very definition of feminine passivity and (laughs) just kind of like you know very like a very typical like female stereotype character from like those early days Mm -hmm. and then um there also was this like double side of her though of I think the character Sue Ann also had like a TV show within the TV show, if that makes sense. From what I could tell of the comments, I could be completely wrong. But she also had like an aggressive, cynical personality that was like the opposite of like that sickly, sweet female passivity. Mm -hmm. So it was like a very dual thing. And when they were actually doing the casting, Mary Tyler Moore said, we need someone who can play sickingly sweet well, like Betty White. And then they actually ended up casting Betty White to do it herself, which is really cool. She won two Emmy Awards back-to-back for her role in the series. 
And actually, kind of this is like such a weird thing, but apparently at this time, because she started doing that show, NBC replaced her as like a commentator for the Tournament of Roses parade that she had been like a commenter for for a really long time because she was working for CBS, like their rival network. Oh, okay. And she said it was like really difficult watching someone else do her parade because it was like her thing for a really long time. So then um, CBS gave her the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. And she ended up doing that for 10 years and was the hostess of the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, which is obviously like a very, it's a bigger parade than the Tournament of Roses. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Even now, like I feel Mm -hmm. like that's still like a big deal thing. (laughs) Yeah. So I thought that was kind of funny that they're like, oh, because you're on our show, like we'll give you a different parade because they took yours Mm -hmm. away. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. And then she actually did like another version of the Betty White show. So you know how you mentioned she had like an earlier Betty White show? After the Mary Tyler Moore show ended in 1977, she was offered her own sitcom. And so she called it once again, the Betty White show. But the time slot was up against Monday, Monday Night Football. And no one can compete with Monday Night Football for the most part. And so the ratings were really poor and it got canceled after one season. But that led her into like her next, there was a brief period of time where she also did a couple of more game show stuff. She was the first woman to win a Daytime Emmy Award in the category of Outstanding Game Show Host. Oh, Um, cool. Yeah, and she was on a show called Just Men, and then um, even got the honorary title First Lady of Game Shows because of how many she had been on, like how you talked about. She did a couple Mm -hmm. more of those. And then she ended up with a recurring role playing Ellen Harper Jackson on a series called Mama's Family. And in the show, she actually starred alongside Rue McClanahan, who would end up being a future Golden Girls co-star. So that's how they met each other. And she also did a ton of comedy sketches on like a bunch of different shows. Like she'd go and do different comedy sketches for shows. So um, like the Carol Burnett show, most famously. But while she was working on Mama's Family, she also worked with a co-star, Vicki Lawrence. And she actually just did an interview with Page Six after Betty White's death and talked about what it was like working with Betty White on Mama's Family. And she said, well, you didn't really work with her. You just had a good time. (laughs) She called it playing in the sandbox. And I think that's exactly what it was. Betty was the perfect playmate. And I have to say that she was incredibly professional. I don't remember her ever not being prepared or ever messing up her lines. However, Lawrence does remember one specific time when the always punctual white was an hour late to set. And so this was before cell phones. So everyone was like, where's Betty White? Because they were terrified. She's never late. And then she's not there. And then she walks in in a dither and she says, I'm so sorry. I was driving here and two golden retrievers came running out to the intersection and they were obviously lost. So I had to pull over and get them. And so she took the golden retrievers and brought them home. And Lauren said, because that's what Betty White would do. Oh, oh, I have tears in my eyes. That's so nice. That's so sweet. The one time that she's late, she's like, I saw these lost dogs and I just had to take them home. Um, Obviously, after Mama's family ended, she ended up in her most famous role in On the Golden Girls. It was definitely like the biggest hit of her career, um, playing Rose Nyland on the Golden Girls show in 1985. 
And um, the series is about four widowed or divorced women in their golden years who shared a home in Miami, starring Bay Arthur, Estelle Getty, and Rue McClanahan, like I said, and ended up running from 1985 to 1992, which is a pretty long run. Kind of funny. I've actually seen a ton of TikToks about this. I don't know if you have, where the ages that these women were when they started on the Golden Girls are actually the same ages of the girls in Sex and the City. Yes, I saw that. Uh huh. And how, like, if their hair had been more modern, it actually shows how young they actually were because, like, hair is very different. Because they look so old in the golden girls. Yeah. They look so old. But actually, like, it was their golden years. Like, it wasn't supposed to be, like, old women. These were, Mm -hmm. like, young, hot, you know, like, divorced women in a different era. So I just think it's really funny that, like, that puts a whole different spin on what the show actually was about. Mm-hmm. Cause I always thought it was about people being old, but it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> so um, Betty White was actually originally offered the role of Blanche in the Golden Girls, and Rue McClanahan was offered the role of Rose. But their roles, like those two characters, were really similar to the roles that they played in the Mary Tyler Moore show. And so they actually, the director said, since you've already played like really similar roles, let's have you switch. Which is really funny because I actually feel like a director would be like, oh, well, you successfully played roles of that kind of that same character, so we'll keep you that way. But mm-hmm. then he actually ended up having them switch so that they were um, able to try something else. And Betty White was actually really nervous about being able to play Rose. And then the director pulled her aside and was like, the thing you have to realize about Rose is that she's terminally naive. If you told Rose you were so hungry you could eat a horse, she'd call the ASPCA. which is like animal control so it was just like you've really got to play up the naiveness of it which obviously worked really well for her because she won an emmy award for outstanding actress in a comedy series and then was nominated in the first season and then was nominated in that category every single year throughout the entire show's run wow yeah (laughs) something else that i thought was really cool actually and very different from how a lot of things have been handled now is that her co-star, Bay Arthur, on the show um, actually wasn't that fond of her. <laughs> mm. She said that she found me a pain in the neck sometimes. It was my positive attitude, and that made Bay mad. If I was happy, she'd be furious, which I just thought was interesting because Betty White was just always like a very positive person, and mm-hmm. I guess that like grated on her nerves. Um, but despite their differences, they said it was a positive experience for both of them. They had a great mutual respect for the show. And Arthur would even insist on waiting to leave for lunch until all four of them could leave at the same time. So that they were all mm, done okay. with their work. So even though it was like hard because they didn't necessarily, they weren't the best of friends. They were still able to like get along. And this have, is like they obviously had a lot of respect for each other. Yeah. Even though they weren't like they didn't click immediately, which I thought was really cool, especially if you've heard some of the drama with the Sex and the City cast and why one of the actresses mm-hmm. isn't returning. And I've never even seen Sex and the City, but I've heard all of the yeah, yeah, the chaos about all of it. And so it's it's very interesting that they were able to do it, even though a lot of people nowadays aren't able to. Right before the show went on air, um, White confided to the New York Times that a couple of the speeches Rose makes get me by the throat. All I have to do is substitute Alan for Charlie, Rose's husband, and it makes her tear up, which I think just shows again how much she loved her last husband, just Mm -hmm. absolutely adored him. Um, After Arthur ended up wanting to leave the show in 1992, 
um, White, McClanahan, and Getty reprised their roles in a spinoff called The Golden Palace, but it lasted only a season, and then um, she's actually, Betty White has reprised her role multiple times for guest appearances on NBC shows that were set in Miami, and a couple of other times on like comedy sketches and stuff. So she wow, hasn't really cool. let it die. That's she so cool. Back. But after Golden Girls ended, she did more guest appearances, like tons of guest appearances, but nothing really long-standing for a while, which is why I feel like it got quiet for a little bit. But she did guest stars on shows called Suddenly Susan, The Practice, and Yes, Dear, and ended up receiving Emmy nominations for all of those individual appearances. Oh, my gosh. Um, <laughs> she won an Emmy in 1996 for Outstanding Guest Actress in a Comedy Series for appearing on an episode of the John Larroquette show as herself, which I think is amazing. Can you imagine yeah. getting an Emmy for playing yourself? For just being you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In December 2006, she actually was on a soap opera called The Bold and the Beautiful for 22 appearances, so kind of as like a frequent guest star, mm -hmm. um, and then ended up with a recurring role in ABC's Boston Legal for three years as um, like a guest star as well. And then she also appeared several times on The Tonight Show with Jay Leno, The Late Late Show with Craig Ferguson. Like I said, more of those comedy sketches returned to game shows again, Password for its last like little mm -hmm. episode that they did, Million Dollar Password, and then also did a Million Dollar Challenge by the end of the show. In 2008, she was on the Oprah Winfrey Show for the Mary Tyler Moore Show's reunion special alongside every surviving cast member of the show, which is insane when you think every surviving cast member, and that was 2008. <laughs> yeah, like so. she had still almost 20 more years to go. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then one of the things that she's most well known for, obviously, is like her animal advocacy, which I'll get into a little bit later, but she did a bunch of commercials for PetMed Express. We're going to take a quick break just to spotlight one of our new favorite women artists. Kind of a fun little thing, though, before we dive into our regular spotlight, an mm -hmm. announcement for the pod is that we previously have spotlighted Wandering Warhol Art Studio. And she actually has all of the Golden Girls as dinosaurs. <laughs> oh, yeah. In prints. And so I just thought that's a really fun thing if you wanted to go kind of get a different Golden Girl tribute for Betty White and everything, then you can go get her Golden Girl dinosaur. I have one. So somebody actually DM'd me this creator. So shout out to Haley Monte. That's oh, your cool. Instagram so it's Linda Blacker, and she is a photographer, set designer, and a creative director. First off, like, yeah, there's the, like, photography that's very cool. But also, her most recent one is, like, creating the Cheshire Cat and an Alice in Wonderland photo shoot. And she made this Cheshire Cat, I think, out of clay. And it looks so cool. And all of her like photography is so incredibly creative and she like makes the sets for it all. What's the handle again? Oh, sorry. It's Linda Blacker, like Linda, L-I-N-D-A-B-L-A-C-K-E-R. Scrolling through her account is so fun and so creative. Holy cow. She's even like recreated like a Mona Lisa. She's actually making the sets for these. Yeah. Oh my gosh, this is insane. Uh-huh. 
My favorite is the corpse bride one. Yeah. I love the Mona Lisa one. What I also love too is like a lot of them, you can like swipe and like see her processes for everything. Or she has like so many like reels that show her processes for creating the sets that she does. And it's really amazing. So yes, go check her out again. That's Linda Blacker. I actually have two, if that's okay. So the first one, I found her on TikTok. It's called Bluegill Ceramics. And I think it's the same. Yeah, same on Instagram. She's doing a really fun thing right now. Um, She's not a full-time ceramicist. So she just kind of created like her own little creative challenge for herself. And it's randomly generated mugs is pretty much what she's calling it. And she has like a 13-sided dice. And she rolls it, and then she has a list of, like, different things. So it has, like, a pattern and then two subjects, and she has to make a mug out of them. And so she did one with, like, these giant moths and then spaceships, and they're, like, shooting lasers at the spaceships. Or (laughs) there was this one with, like, dinosaurs that were all eating candy, which was super cute. Um, They're just, like, they're really cool and inventive. I think it's, like, a really fun thing to do. And she's yeah, right at the beginning fun. of it, too. So I think it's a great time to start going and watching and yeah, be able to participate in that. Kind of like a funny thing that happened a lot in college is we had a lot of restrictions on projects because of graphic design. You know, like you have to have mm-hmm. certain restrictions to everything. And I noticed that people are a lot more creative when they're forced into like different boxes than they can be if they're told you can do anything. Yeah. Because it, like, helps your brain think within a constraint rather than being given the option of doing literally anything. It's just too yeah, overwhelming. Yeah, like a blank canvas is sometimes like, ah, oh, what do I even do? Exactly. But then, like, if someone says, okay, you have a blank canvas, but you have to do this, this, and this, then, like, you're able to fill it up a lot more. So I think it's just, like, a good reminder, especially with these mugs, that, like, sometimes the best way to be more creative is to give yourself restrictions Mm-hmm. And then you can actually end up doing something that maybe you'd like a lot more than you would otherwise. Anyway, love stuff like that. Love art challenges like that. And then the other one I actually came across because I was trying to doodle a disco ball, which is very hard. Ooh. <laughs> and I found this girl who paints them and okay. they're so freaking cool. So her handle on Instagram is not underscore sorry underscore art. But these disco ball paintings are literally so cool yeah they're incredible and i want one really (gasps) bad and she has some process videos that i haven't watched i literally just found this so i haven't even like looked into it that much but i was like this is really cool (laughs) i am obsessed with all the colors yeah and like the effort it goes through to paint each and every single one of those little individual panes of glass and then go back through and create the lines in between all of them and then make it look so reflective and colorful Oh my gosh. Also, I Impressive. love that her her bio is content create dash, I mean artist. <laughs> I know. It's relatable. Yeah. Also, she has prints and I think they're like only 50 bucks. And then it, <gasps> for like the medium sized ones. And then if you want like the really, really big ones, they're like 200. But they're pretty moderately priced. The one that I wanted really bad was sold out. And she also, she has other things besides disco balls as well. But they're all kind of like those bright colors, different patterns. She has like butterfly clips, ring pops, lip gloss, otter pops, like other things that she's printed that I think are really fun too. I'm such a fan. So just like bright, happy things that are just fun. And one day I will own a ton of art. (laughs) And yeah, if anyone wants to DM us more, we're always on the lookout. Um, 
but it's always fun to interact more with the community of artists. All right, now back to the show. And then kind of like her two famous things like pushed her back into the spotlight again, where she returned to the big screen, but instead of television this time, she ended up starring in the romantic comedy The Proposal alongside Sandra Bullock and Ryan Reynolds. And I think Ryan Reynolds shared like a really funny video from that time period too. But like she thought she was pretending that she thought he was an assistant and like asking for a cup of coffee and then like flipped him off behind his back and like played up the whole old lady card and everything mm-hmm. like <laughs> playing around with them, which is super funny. Um, so she's in that as the grandmother of Ryan Reynolds for the show. And then also in 2009, Mars, like the candy company, launched their global campaign for their Snickers bar. Which was the slogan, you're not you when you're hungry. That was, was it was its oh, official yeah. debut. And Betty White was in the Super Bowl commercial for Snickers. And <laughs> one, the, and it was an extremely popular advertisement and actually ended up winning the top spot on the Super Bowl ad meter. So it was the most popular ad that year. So she was like the face of Snickers that year. And because of that, there actually began this whole campaign on Facebook called Betty White to host SNL, and then in parentheses it said please, which I think is really cute. And it got so big um, on Facebook, it was approaching half a million members already uh, who had signed this petition to have Betty White host SNL. And then when NBC confirmed that they'd have her host on March 11th, 2010. So she was the host of Saturday Night Live, on May 8th and she was 88 years old and she was the oldest person to ever host the show that's so crazy yeah the only person who comes close is they did like a Saturday Night Live anyone can host contest to like let any person host and this person won who was 80 and her name was Pascale Spillman but Betty White was 88 (laughs) and in her opening monologue she thanked facebook and then joked that she didn't know what facebook was and now that i do know what it is i have to say it sounds like a huge waste of time (laughs) i mean she's not wrong (laughs) and of course she ended up winning a 2010 primetime emmy award for outstanding guest actress in a comedy series for her appearance on saturday night live that's amazing (laughs) Um, Of course, her career was not done at this point. It just continued. She ended up on a sitcom called Hot in Cleveland for a little while. Um, She actually was only supposed to be in the pilot, but then she stayed on for the entire series. And then she also um, was nominated for an Emmy in that show as well, but ended up losing to Julie Bowen from Modern Family. But the series ran for six seasons, a total of 128 episodes. Um, So pretty long standing show there for a while uh then she also starred in the hallmark hall of fame presentation uh to like show off a bunch of like different hallmark tv film i'm guessing i don't know but she did that as well and then um also hosted and executive produced produced a show called betty white's off their rockers (laughs) From 2012 to 2014, where she had senior citizens play practical jokes on younger people. 
she right and she got three emmy nominations from that like i don't even know how to i was gonna try and like sum these up quicker but there's so much so i'm sorry oh, guys yeah. if this just seems like a list but no, she's but done it's so, so cool. much because like keep in mind like she's in her 80s right now <laughs> yeah like her late 80s <laughs> yeah like this is insane <laughs> yeah she also produced a calendar that had photos of her with the various animals and also from her career and then also launched her own clothing line that has, this is so funny. It's just pictures of her on different shirts. <laughs> I'm, I'm obsessed. <laughs> and all of the proceeds go to different charities that she supports, specifically for animals. And then, of course, she wrote her book, If You Ask Me, which of course you won't, and ended up winning the Grammy Award for the Best Spoken Word Recording Oh, um, cool. for that year which made her actually the sixth oldest person to win a grammy one of the oldest that there is at this time she also of course got a bunch of honorary awards um she got the ucla jack benny award for comedy and even i had no idea she was in the new york friars club club roast like they roasted benny white <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, which I'm sure was hilarious. <laughs> so, yeah. another thing to look up. Um, then they had a television special on NBC for Betty White's 90th birthday party in on January 16th, 2012, and had a bunch of guest stars and also had a message from the then president, Barack Obama, and had her talk about a bunch of things. She also did a bunch of interviews, of course, around that time as well for her 90th. Uh, this is a really funny quote from her. She said, the best thing about being in your 90s is you're spoiled rotten. Everybody, mm-hmm. everybody spoils you like mad and treats you with such respect because you're old. Little do they know you haven't changed. You haven't changed in the brain. You're just 90 every place else. Now that I'm 91, as opposed to being 90, I'm much wiser. I'm much more aware and I'm much sexier. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> on February 15th, 2015, she did her final appearance on Saturday Night Live and participated in a bunch of sketches and even ended up kissing Bradley Cooper. Wow. Yes. And then um, even in 2018, a PBS documentary came out called Betty White, First Lady of Television and documented 10 years of her career that they filmed. Only 10 years. Yeah. But they filmed (laughs) it over the period of 10 years, which is Oh, that's cool. Okay. Yeah. yeah, So they showed a lot of like different footage and interviews, but yeah, just only 10 years of Betty White. I didn't know this either. In 2019, she was in Pixar's Toy Story 4. Oh. She did the voice for a tiger called Bitey White that was named after her. (laughs) Oh no. That's so nice. And she said it was wonderful the way they incorporated our names into the characters. And I'm a sucker for animals. So the tiger was perfect, which is so cute. That is so nice. I loved that. And then um, also I'm going to talk a bit about her animal advocacy right now. So it's a long part of what she did. I think I even saw a quote from her. I couldn't find it. But there was a quote that talked about how she didn't consider acting like her actual job. She considered it her hobby. And she considered mm. handing, helping animals her actual job. And mm. the way that she funded her job was by acting. <laughs> oh, okay. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Which I thought was super cute. So in the early 1970s, she actually produced and hosted a series called The Pet Set that spotlighted celebrities and their pets. Cute. Which also sounds super interesting. <laughs> like, I would so love things that. that I'm like, Can you imagine oh, a Taylor Swift set? episode with her three cats? <laughs> I know. Or like Paris Hilton with all of her dogs. Oh, like, I'm so intrigued by all of this. So I'm sure it was great. 
Um, all over her lifetime, she also worked with the Los Angeles Zoo Commission, the Morris Animal Foundation, the African Wildlife Foundation, and actors and others for animals. She was the president Amersha, I think is what it is, for the Morris Animal Foundation and was a trustee of the organization for a really long time, from like 1971 to probably till her death, but she was president in 2009. So very long time. She served on the board of directors for the Greater Los Angeles Zoo Association since 1974, which I think also ended with her death, and also was a zoo commissioner for eight years. The American Veterinary Medical Association gave her a Humane Award in 1987. The city of Los Angeles gave her an award near the gorilla exhibit at the Los Angeles Zoo in 2006, and even named her an ambassador to the animals at the dedication ceremony, which I think is wonderful. Kind of a fun thing as well, in November 9th, 2010, the USDA Forest Service, along with Smokey the Bear, made Betty White an honorary forest ranger fulfilling her lifelong dream. She had said in cute oh i remembered i meant to bring that up yeah as a child she wanted to be a forest ranger but like only men could do that yeah like women weren't allowed to do it but she wanted to so badly and so they gave her an honorary forest ranger position and when she got it more than one third of the forest service employees were women so it just kind of showed that progress that had been made in her lifetime where she was able to do that even if it was just honorarily another honorary thing she got (laughs) A honorary degree and white doctor's coat from Washington State University and the Washington State Veterinary Medical Association. And um, obviously, she donated so much money to different foundations and um, like humane societies and everything for animals. She donated nearly $100,000 to the zoo in the month of April 2008 alone. Like, that's it. <laughs> she had six figures for her donations already. Um, and also, she did more things, of course, with animals as much as she could. In 2011, she was a judge for the Humane Hero Dog Awards. Oh, and also... That's nice. Yeah. And then did it again for the televised version alongside Whoopi Goldberg and Wendy Diamond for the American Humane Hero Dog Awards on the Hallmark Channel in 2011. And that was kind of like the end of her career as far as it goes. Obviously, she was on so many guest starring things. Like, I just feel like she appeared everywhere. Just as like America's sweetheart in a lot of ways. You know what I mean? Just like so loved. Um, And then, of course, she passed away at age 99 at her home on New Year's Eve. She would have been 100 on January 17th, which is funny because are we actually, this might come out like really close. Okay, we're one week away. We would have released it on her birthday, but that's okay. Oh, dang. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't think about that. What were we thinking? (laughs) I know. (laughs) That's okay. Oh, well. But you can listen to it before all the other stuff comes out before yes. on her birthday. So mm-hmm. it'll be like a great precursor. And of course, uh, what went viral is like she did a People's Magazine cover story that they're still planning on releasing. I know I was in the airport on New Year's Day and it was oh, yeah. everywhere. And then I was like, oh, yeah. but it was still nice like to see it. <laughs> no, definitely. I feel like it was actually very timely that mm-hmm. it was released anyway. Yeah. Know? Because it was a great way to celebrate her, obviously. Um, And there's actually a film coming out that would have been coming out on her 100th birthday. So they're still airing it 
um, for that as well to honor oh, that's her. That's cool. I didn't know that. The President Joe Biden released a statement upon her death describing her as a lovely lady and a cultural icon who will be sorely missed. Same with Brock and Michelle Obama, who had previously participated in her 90th birthday celebration. The United States Army released a statement because of her voluntary services during World War II. The Martin Luther King Jr. Center tweeted their condolences and praised her for her early support of racial equality, like you mentioned. Numerous media organizations, celebrities, political commentators, sports teams, musicians, and other public figures all honored her on the day of her death at the news of it. And her star at the Hollywood Walk of Fame was flooded with flowers and tributes within hours of her death. Her friend said that she had spoke to Betty's assistant who was with her when she passed and she said the very last word out of her mouth was Alan. I hope that's true. And she said how sweet is that? That is so sweet. I hope that's true for all of us. I really hope that's true. It's such a lovely thought. More about her like Betty White a celebration since it's going to be coming out. I think it's coming out in theaters. I don't know if it's select theaters. But oh, cool, though. Yeah, and it has a cast of a bunch of her friends. Ryan Reynolds, Tina Fey, Robert Redford, Lin-Manuel Miranda, Clint Eastwood, Morgan Freeman, Jay Leno, Carol Burnett, Craig Ferguson, Jimmy Kimmel, Valerie Bertinelli, James Corden, Wendy Malick, and Jennifer Love Hewitt. So, I mean, just some very unknown <laughs> yeah. people in that. <laughs> I know, obviously no names that anyone will know. <laughs> yeah. But no, just crazy. Like, she obviously had such an impact on everyone's lives and made such an impact on acting in general. She received so many Emmys, which we've brought up. Um, five Primetime Emmy Awards, two Daytime Emmy Awards. Um, also won the Daytime Emmy for Lifetime Achievement Award. That's so cool. Uh, she was the only woman to have received an Emmy in all performing comedic categories. Wow. And, yeah, which is a major achievement and also holds the record for the longest span between Emmy nominations for, for, for performances because her first Emmy nomination was in 1951 and her last was in 2014, which is 60 years. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> like, there's nobody else that has a span of 60 years where they were nominated for Emmys. Yeah, because it's like most people, like, hit their prime and then go down but yeah just consistency she just continued which is why in 2015 she received the lifetime achievement daytime emmy because they were like she's been nominated for emmys for 60 <laughs> years yeah <laughs> if that doesn't give it to you i don't know what will. yeah and of course she was inducted into the television hall of fame in 1995 which is insane because that gets so much more to go yeah and then obviously is on the hollywood walk of fame right next to her husband like we mentioned Um, She also got a TCA Career Achievement Award from the Television Critics Association Mm -hmm. and a million more awards. Like, I could go on and on and on. Um, (laughs) She won an award in 1987 for Funniest Female, which is also really cool. The Screen Actors Guild gave her an achievement award that was presented by Sandra Bullock in 2010. 2010, she was also chosen as the Associated Press's Entertainer for the Year. And I liked this. This was kind of a fun way to tie this up. In a 2011 poll conducted by Reuters and Ipsos, it revealed that Betty White was considered the most popular and most trusted celebrity among Americans. Wow. Which I think is so sweet. She beat out the likes of Denzel Washington, Sandra Bullock, and Tom Hanks. 
And I think it was because Betty White just had this sense of no nonsense about her. Like you were going to get the honest truth, whether it was about Mm -hmm. her first marriage or her last. And no matter what role she did, she just had this sense of complete honesty about her. And so she was very trusted, especially with someone who lived for that long. Like you just assume that they know what's going on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which is very sweet and then in 2017 she was invited to be a member of the academy of motion picture arts and sciences and age 95 this made her the oldest new member at the time and her last public appearance was at the primetime emmy awards in 2018 where she said it's incredible that i'm still in this business and that you're still putting up with me All I can say is it's such a blessed business to be in and how lucky can I be and how much I say thank you to each and every one of you. Oh, well, that is a fitting thing to end this on. Yes, right? Oh, that's so sweet. When I was talking, because I talked to my mom and my grandma about this episode, and (laughs) what was just super funny is that often as many interviews as she did over the years and how many times people asked her like what do you wish you had done that you've never done or something like that you know Mm -hmm. like because she had so many different interviews as everyone kept assuming like it would be her last you know especially with her 90th birthday yeah and when asked what's one thing that you wish you had done that you never did (laughs) she always responded Robert Redford (laughs) which is so funny (laughs) And even, like, she joked about it with Ryan Reynolds saying that he had a crush on her, but Robert Redford is the one. Like, he was her celebrity crush. I mean, he is handsome. I'm looking him <laughs> up in his younger years. Yeah. That is a nice-looking man. I'll but give it to her. it's just so funny because, like, he's such an old man now that it's like, what on earth? Why does she keep saying Robert Redford? But then it's like, she's old, too. Like, <laughs> yeah. like that is her age group. <laughs> yeah. So I just thought that was really funny that she's always answered that. And I think in her last interview with people, she even said my response to that for years has always been um, Robert Redford. But she's like, but really, there's nothing that I would have done different. Like, I'm very happy with the life I've lived. I hope Robert Redford feels a sense of pride in that. Oh, I'm sure he does. He's in the film that's airing. So I'm sure he has some Oh, yeah. Duh. Oh, I cannot <laughs> wait to hear that. Yeah. He's 85. Wow. I know. And that's young compared to her. Like, he was a younger man. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I was thinking. Like, that's, what, 14 years younger? Yeah. But she just has the hilarious, like, the most hilarious quotes about all sorts of things. She always said, like, um, my mom always said everyone gets better with age unless you're a banana. You know? (laughs) Everything Mm -hmm. gets better with age unless you're a banana. Or just all sorts of things about, like, just finding humor in life. Like, she lived through so many different things that would have definitely made people very depressed. And yet she was able to handle it just with so much humor. Well, and I love it too, that it's like her most well-known role was like when she was in her, what, 50s, 60s? Mm-hmm. Like, I just think, like, I I talk about it a lot, but I think, you know, we see so many child stars and we see so many people hit their prime in their 20s. Like, even with like, the sex in the city and like the fact that they're in their fifties, it's like, no, those aren't old women. Like no, that's yeah. middle aged. Mm-hmm. And like, those are your golden years when you're 50. And it's so funny that like growing up, I was like, Oh, when I'm old and 50, it's like, no, you're old when you're like 70, 80, 20 something years after. Like I haven't even been alive that long. Well, <laughs> exactly. I mean, I, you know what I mean? Barely. Yeah. Like that's my lifetime. And so 
I don't know. It's always like, I love like learning about careers like that, where it was like, she was so consistent for her whole life. And it's just like a nice reminder that like life doesn't end when you're 25, because I think when you're young and like, you're looking towards your future, it's so easy to look to that and be like, I have to like hit exactly what I want to by the time I'm 20 or else it's not going to happen when it's like her most iconic role, like for golden girls, like that happened when she was in her fifties and everything she was doing up into her life, like worked her way up to that, you know? Yeah. And then she continued to have so Mm -hmm. much success and so much, like, it's even crazy to me. Like you think of other stars and you Google them and kind of photos from like their younger years pop up a lot more. But with Betty White, Mm -hmm. it's all of her old. Like it's so crazy because, you know, like she never stopped. She probably wouldn't have retired, (laughs) you know, if she didn't have to. Now, like the pandemic kind of halted a lot of things, but I think she would have kept going forever. (laughs) So it's just, it's really incredible that she was able to do so much. Yeah, I love it. And she's just absolutely beautiful. <laughs> yes, she is. I hope you enjoyed learning more about Betty White. I know mm-hmm. I definitely did. It was nice to like finally know more about this, you know, cultural icon. So <laughs> definitely. Because, yeah, we weren't even born until Golden Girls was already over. So <laughs> how cool. And what a great like precursor to next week when mm-hmm. everything will come out. I'm sure more memorials and her film and everything so this will be like a great way to dip your toe in before all the rest of it comes forward well thanks for being here if you like the podcast leave us a rating and a review and also follow us along on instagram which is more than amused podcast um we'll definitely be posting a lot of fun videos and pictures to accompany this episode so go check it out and so many quotes prepare so many quotes yes (laughs) So yeah, it'll be great. And um, of course, if there's anyone that you think would enjoy it, send a friend an episode. Um, you can also, this is a fun new announcement. You can rate podcasts now on Spotify. If you're a Spotify listener, then now's your time to shine. You can go rate our podcast on there and that would be great. So every little bit helps. Perfect. Well, we will be back next week with a new episode and mm-hmm. a new artist that is more than amused. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.